Hi, welcome to Breaking Free Podcast, a body-mind-spirit approach to mental health. I'm your host, Summer Sites, and I'm excited to be back after a long period of reflection and growth. Uh, sometimes the podcast takes a pause uh, because I, I'm doing what I hope the community is doing. I'm going within, I'm doing my work, I'm allowing myself to grow and develop. And sometimes we have to sanctuary or um, you know, take a pause and create a space. And so that was happening. And I was just um, looking at messages. And today I just felt, I literally woke up super early. Um, today's actually my birthday. And I felt this message for the community and I wanted to share it. Um, it's a message that came in. It started to come in at the beginning of the month as I was decorating for Christmas. And when I decorate for Christmas, one of my traditions is to... Um, as a Christian is to put out a manger scene and I have this cute, precious moment manger scene and I was putting it out and I was talking to my daughter, Brielle, who's 10 about the story of Christmas. And, you know, I think it's wonderful. I think children bring out different aspects to the story that we don't always see um, just because we've heard it a million times. And my daughter, Brielle specifically was asking me because she knows the entire story of Jesus. We've taught her, talked to her a lot about that, especially this last year as our focus as a family has really been on the life and messages of the life of Jesus Christ as, as Christians and really wanting to like learn from that master teacher. And so as we were discussing that, she was telling me about how, um, and again, I, this podcast today is not for um, necessarily a Christian podcast to try to convince people of my belief system, but just these messages of these symbols. So I hope that no matter who you are, you'll feel welcome today. There's just some beautiful symbolism in this story, a worldwide known story um, that I think is an important story to tell today. And so again, the topic today is messages from a donkey, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Um, so my daughter and I were talking about, you know, why was Jesus rejected of his own? You know, why did he come into the world and give a message and live a way that was rejected by his own kin? Right. And that's a really big thing, right? That sometimes we come onto our own and we are rejected of our own. In fact, generally we are rejected of our own. That is something that is often taught, right? Because, um, I mean, think about people in your family, like, you know, their weaknesses and they may be, you know, you may have physicians or doctors or, uh, you know, people of great wisdom in your home, but they're just your brother, your sister, your your child can companion. And sometimes we have a hard time seeing the gifts and the, the, the light and the really the essence of someone that we grew up with. And we kind of see them in just more of a common way. And so I think that that's kind of what I was trying to help her understand is that, you know, Jesus came and he was the considered the son of Joseph and, and, and a carpenter at that, a poor family. And these people were looking for deliverance. They were looking for a majestic king to be born. Uh, there was political strife and they were looking to overcome it. And I explained to her that there was Roman rule at that time and the Jewish people. It'd be kind of, I told her it'd be kind of like, uh, like we live in the United States. It'd be kind of like if Canada was over us and they might all offer our decisions, but we were allowed to live here. I said, you know, we, I said that would be kind of ir irritable to us that, hey, yeah, maybe we can live here, but we, are kind of governed by other people's ideas and choices about how we live. And that kind of resonated with her. So we're talking, we're talking. And, and then I, she told me that, 
it made sense to her why Jesus rode on a donkey. And I think that that part of the story just really at that point hadn't really stuck out to me, like the importance of a donkey. But today it's all going to be about the symbolism of the donkey and why it's so important. Because from that moment, I was curious. And she said, yeah, you know, he rode in on a donkey and and he was humble and he was submissive and and he wasn't powerful. And we talked about how he gave deliverance. The message is deliverance over um, concepts of sin and death not necessarily deliverance from political strife or powers of men. That wasn't really the message of Jesus. It was like how to deliver yourself from the inside out, right? How to be free of fear and shame and concepts of the world in parentheses. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. The message was very different than the people were expecting. They were really wanting that force, right? They were really wanting that force to come in and, and, and people to be forced to respect them and honor them and to give them political freedom. And yet this was more of a internal freedom that was being offered. So let's go on just to share a little bit more about this message of this donkey. Um, I really love the story of the birth of Jesus, especially this time of year, because Jesus is born in the messy circumstances. You know, he laid in a manger, which is literally a feeding trough, right? And I, I love this quote that I just heard recently. It says um, that it was just, I wrote it down in my journal. He did not come as a royal king. He came into a mess. This breaks all the power paradigms that, that were set up and it flips it on its head. The Lord of the universe comes in the most humble state. Just a quote I was listening to as I was watching a show where people were talking about uh, the birth of Jesus, God who steps, and this is the one I liked the most, God who steps down into their life, not who stands up on a mountain declaring, declaring that they meet him. So I love it how you have this idea of Jesus or the king meeting us where we're at, meeting us in our messy circumstances, meeting us in our weakness and not declaring that we overcome our weakness and come to meet God where God is, right? I think there's often that idea that we need to strive to or prove our value. And I love this message. It's like, look, no, I'm, I'm going to come and meet you where you're at. This time of year, I often look at, we have this tradition where we read the different names of Jesus, especially in Judaism. They didn't use the name of Jesus because they saw it as a holy name. So they had all these other names that they used instead of the name because they had this idea if they spoke the name, it was so holy, they didn't speak it out loud. And so they used all these other terminologies to help kind of create a picture of the divine, but not necessarily to use a name. And I really love the name Emmanuel because it means God with us, right? So this is a message of like, hey, God's with us, bringing God to come amongst us, to be within us, right? And I think there's a really beautiful message here. And again, it all relates to the message of the donkey. So we have some symbols of the donkey. Let's just go through the different ones that we have. First of all, the, the, the idea is that uh, there's this kind of, uh, and it's folklore, I'm going to name it for that, and it may be surprising to you, but that Mary rode in on a donkey. We don't actually have any evidence that that is the case. If you actually look at the, I love to look at the history of things and really understand them. It's kind of my jam. And we don't have any biblical example there's no there's no message in the gospels that she actually rode on a donkey believe it or not 
Um, in fact, it's more commonly believed that she probably wrote, her and Joseph came in probably with a group. Um, there was, uh, you know, it was, it was for safety. So they probably traveled with many others um, for their safety. Um, it's possible uh, that Mary rode on a donkey, but we don't know for sure. But this symbol of her riding on a donkey is important. And I think that that symbol being used makes sense because there is a symbol of the donkey that is throughout the scriptures. Uh, but we don't know for sure that she actually rode on one. Um, but we do have earlier on in like the Old Testament, a donkey that talks. <laughs> it's one of my favorite stories. Uh, this Balaam is not being very wise. And finally, the donkey just opens its mouth and talks. Um, and again, whether that's metaphorical or reality, this donkey, talking donkey is a symbol of wisdom. So one of the first symbols we have of donkey is, is wisdom. Um, and then we have more symbols that really speak to, if you look up well, what's kind of the symbol of a donkey, and it's a symbol of service, suffering, peace, humility, um, and peace and humility and service are going to be the ones I really focus on today. But it makes a lot of sense that Mary would write in a donkey because, again, it would be a mirror of her, right? A symbol of service, suffering, peace and humility. And um, this donkey is was considered like a very docile, humble animal, but yet it carried heavy weights. It was a burden, burden-carrying animal. Um, and I kind of really fits the story here. But you have the, the donkey um, as a symbol of gentleness, right? And also strength. And I think that's an important symbol as well. The other time you have a donkey, and we're going to get to that further, is again, it's kind of a foreshadowing of the end of kind of the end of Jesus's life as he goes towards um, the cross, if you will, where Jesus enters in on a donkey into Jerusalem. And that was actually foretold um, in the earlier gospels that the Messiah, the king that would come, would ride in on a donkey. And I'll read that as well. But let's go back to the story, right? The nativity story, because that's what really was speaking to me, at least this year. And I want to also, I kind of see the donkey in my manger scene, at least there's a donkey kind of overseeing the scene of this manger. And I think that you have kind of this symbolism in the story. Again, not necessarily the donkey, but what is a donkey representing? It's humility, peace, um, service, right? And again, there was a reason why Jesus chose to be born in such humble circumstances. And I think the message is in the story. So my one of my favorite scenes that I'm going to highlight right now is where the wise men come in. And we, we assume that that's probably later. I think historians think that maybe the Christ child at this point was like two years old. But instead, we have this innocent child, this innocent child. And you have these wise men of power, of paradigms of power as a symbol bowing before the innocent child. So the, the three kings bow before the defenseless baby. And I think this is really the message that was coming in this morning was that we are um, like that. We get to be like that defenseless baby, right? We are safe in our defenselessness because what happens is in our ego, right? In our fear-based stories is we create what we defend against. So I'm going to share this concept, right? Gentleness is a strength, not a weakness. And we all have stories, right? We have stories of being offended or unsafe. Um, we have stories of 
needing to um, create safety around us, right? Uh, in the scriptures, the world is representative of illusions of fear or ego, right? We constantly hear that concept of like overcoming the world, right? And this would be like, again, metaphorically, the world would be representing of ego and fear. Um, and the world provides no safety. It is rooted in constructs of power, attack. Its gifts of safety are illusionary deceptors. So the world gives birth to defensiveness. Ego loves defense. Can I say that? Our ego loves defense. It loves all these stories about how I'm being attacked. You're attacking me and I have to defend myself, right? And truly this concept of us being attacked destroys our peace and you become a slave to it. So one of the growth work I've been doing over the last several months is really looking at constructs of ego and where do I live in a story of how am I trying to stay safe, where I'm being attacked by others or um, how I need to live separate from others in certain ways and really letting uh, the divine kind of break down those paradigms in my mind and actually move me towards oneness, right? The idea that there is no attack and that safety lies in my defenselessness. So let me go on. Um, we get to be not offended. We get to see the innocence in ourselves as spirit, learning and growth, rather than we get to see ourselves as spirits, right? Learning and growing. One of the things I often say is that there's no, there is no such thing as failure. There's just learning. When we see ourselves as physical bodies, when we're focused on ourselves as a body, we're constantly focused on the missteps of the body and the things that we do in the body, trying to perfect the body. And of course, there we're going to just see all kinds of error and weakness. But if we recognize ourselves as spirits in bodies, right, this is more of that divine look. Uh, and then we just see ourselves as having growth opportunities in the body. And our missteps are literally our greatest teachers. And it takes out this concept of condemnation and brokenness where there is no such thing as failure, but just learning. So the babe came to help us see this concept of overcoming sin and death, right? We get to kind of overcome this. So these, you do not realize how your stories of fear and attack and seeking safety from attack sabotage the holy peace of the divine by your defensiveness thoughts, right? The more I have defensiveness thoughts, the more I feel attacked, the more I feel justified in my separation or attack of others. So defenselessness is strength. It testifies of recognition of the divine in you, your oneness with the divine where there is no need and you are whole and complete in Christ, right? In, my, in this story, right? Within Christ. This can never be attacked. It's one of the things I really want to point out, like our innocence within this story, right? The idea is that this defenseless, innocent overcame sin and death. That's the, the beautiful story here. And therefore that, that innocence that we are receiving is immutable if we will but receive it, right? Um, ministers of light, which I hope you all are within the reach of this, have chosen the truth of defenselessness that God is love and therefore so are you. And you get to you get to be within that truth. You can offer what you have. You can't offer to others what you haven't received. So if you haven't received the message of overcoming, right? If you haven't understood this idea that um, 
this innocence is offered, right? Um, and it's through this this beautiful innocent child um, that the ideas of the world, right? These these kings kneeling, these paradigms of fear and power are actually laid before the innocent baby, and we receive our innocence. I love the idea of these grown men receiving the message of this innocent babe, right? Um, you cannot offer what you owe. So by forgiving others, they're learning, right? When we forgive other people for their learning in their physical bodies, you will recognize it as your own innocence as well. And the only thing that remains is love and holiness, right? So this is kind of the message that was coming in today was that these wise men kneeling before the small and tried it's to say, I bow to innocence. It is what conquers the perceived powers of men. Forgiveness has always set us free. And I think that the message here is that of forgiveness and love. I love this statement. I want to read it from you. It's um, from the Course in Miracles lesson 153. It says, in my defenselessness, my safety lies. It's something I actually say to myself as kind of a mantra in my defenselessness, my safety lies. And I think about that, like I can choose to not be offended, right? When I go to God and be like, hey, this person is saying this thing and I'm I'm condemning them in my mind or I'm condemning myself. And then I say, no, in my defenselessness, right? In my saying, I am one with love. God is but love and so am I. That's where my safety lies. That's where I'm able to rise above my judgment thoughts, both towards myself and others and really find the oneness. And it isn't in our self-condemnation that we grow. It's in our self-forgiveness and other forgiveness that we really grow. Again, one more statement from The Course in Miracles that I love. Ministers of God can never fail because the love and strength and peace that shine from them to all their brothers comes from him. These are the gifts to you. Defenselessness is all you need to give him in return. You lay aside but what was never real and look on Christ and see his sinlessness. I think that that's the beautiful gift of this holiday season is to look on the child and see the innocence and say, I'm that innocent child too, right? I get to return to that state because of this, this teaching of Christ, uh, this message, if you will. So back to the donkey, right? The donkey was selected, um, to be ridden on by no one else. When you talk about Christ going into Jerusalem, where we have the big kind of grand finale of the donkey, um, Jesus was was waits for um, the the donkey was waiting for Jesus to climb on and ride. According to the prophecy of Zechariah, um, there and I'm going to read it to you. Rejoice greatly. This comes from the Old Testament. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout. Cloud, shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem, lo, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And that's Zechariah 9 9. I think this is very interesting because you have this idea of this victorious, triumphant king humbly riding on a donkey. Again, the message donkey is, is tied on as well. So the donkey's tied up and Jesus tells the disciples to go get the donkey and untie the donkey. And this is the other message I had for you today. We are all often tied up, aren't we? Right? We have things that we're tied to. Maybe we're tied to fear, judgment, anxiety, guilt, the need to forgive both ourselves and others and cannot 
really bring ourselves to undo it, right? To untie it. The untying of the donkey is a symbol to be untied from all that weighs us down. We need to be free to experience the divine. Um, that is discussed as Jesus in our lives, right? We are meant to ride with Jesus and follow him on a journey into the holy city. Think of that as a metaphor, right? Where God dwells. All of you are going on a journey, right? To a higher connection to the divine or the holy city. We were created for this purpose, to love God and love each other. Um, and I love this message that often comes to me, uh, often comes to me because I need it. And maybe somebody else in the reach of my voice needs it today to be not afraid to show love, peace, faith, and joy and the gospel of love and peace, which I believe is the gospel of Christ to others, even if it's countercultural and it's not understood. This is, this seems to be my purpose. And, and I, I notice it seems to be the purpose of all those who love light and seek to share it. The donkey is the instrument of this divine praise, right? The donkey is a symbol of this type of um, connection to humbly being that humble teacher of peace and love, right? And humbly letting go of things that get in the way of that. The last thing I just want to point out is that um, th we get to we get to choose right where we put our focus. We get to choose whether we're focused on the humble, innocent child, right, or we're stuck in the paradigms and fear-based ideas of um, the constructs of quote unquote the world or men or paradigms of fear and power. I love, I love, I love. Uh, the hymn, which really was coming to me today as well, Oh Holy Night. And I wanted to just end with that and just one more little thought. Again, this is just my little Christmas message to all of you who have followed this podcast. I wanted to give you something here before the end of the year. But listen to these words, Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth, a thrill of hope, the weary soul rejoices and yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. I do think that's the message right here, right? Is that we were in this concept of sin and error and pining away in our guilt and our, our concept of separation. And here the weary soul rejoices uh, that there's a new way. There's a new way of seeing. And again, it goes on, led by the light of faith streaming beaming with glowing hearts by his cradle we stand. So led by the light of a star sweetly gleaming, here come the wise men from the Orient land. The king of kings lay thus in a lowly manger in all our trials, born to be our friend. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chain shall he break for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus we raise. Let all within us praise his holy name. One time I was driving down the road and I was so confused by all of the different constructs I was being given about, like, what do I do? How do I, you know, not the idea of Emmanuel, God with us, but how do I rise up and meet God on the mountain? Like far, far from me. I was feeling like there was this, 
these lists of to-dos in front of me and all these things that I needed to do to, to climb the mountain, if you will. Um, and so I asked God, and I'm going to share this with you boldly because that's what I'm feeling my growth has been in. It's just being honest about, again, these are my messages and my beliefs, my thoughts for you. But so you get to make your own choices with these thoughts and how they resonate with you. But the message that came to me when I asked God, you know, what, what is your law? You know, what is it you desire of me? And that was the message I got. My law is love, Summer, and my gospel is peace. And it was that simple. And I, I can tell you the more that I've grown and the more that I've gone on the journey of the donkey and, and, and all the journeys that we've talked about today, that I've really seen that same thing, that like the wise men, all the wisdom of the world means nothing. All the ideas and constructs of the world mean nothing before this innocent baby and what's being taught, right? Is that we get to return to the state of innocence. We get to recognize that um, sin and death are overcome in this story and that we get to be connected to um, our innocence again, right? We get to be connected to the innocence of other people again. We get to look at other people when they make mistakes and say, you know not what you do and you're innocent. And I, and I see, I choose to see the innocence in you. When we make mistakes, we get to look at ourselves and say, you know what? You're learning. And I see the innocence in you. We get to practice the law of love and the gospel of peace. And in so doing, uh, we get to ride in on the donkey as well, like metaphorically speaking, and we get to move towards the holy city um, and we get to grow and develop um, in love because God is love. And so are you. And you get to be love and you get to teach love and you get to mirror love and you get to get into messy places, right? You get to have God with you in your messiness. <laughs> God is with us. God doesn't ask us to rise to places that aren't messy. God meets us in our messiness. That's the point of the story of the donkey, right? And it's, it's not a horse of war. It's not this, this grandiose symbol um, horses were often used, you know, in majesticness and ridden by kings. No, it's a donkey. It was a common animal used to carry heavy loads and was often used as a symbol of peace and treaties. Um, it's the gospel of peace. It's the symbol. So I just love this, this message. Um, and I guess my thought to you today is what are you untying yourself from? Remember the donkey had to be untied from and ridden upon. And I think there's things in our life that we're all shedding. Um, I can't help but notice the day. Uh, this message literally came in this morning. And so I just happen to be a studier of all things natural in the earth as well. And tomorrow is winter solstice, December 21st. And winter solstice has long been considered in indigenous traditions as you know, the end of the journey of the sun and the beginning of a new journey of the sun. It's kind of like the New Year's of Earth, if that makes sense to you. <laughs> we often think of it as December, you know, January 1st, but that's just the construct of the calendar. Think of the sun. It's going to end its journey tomorrow. And, and it's not lost on me that my name is Summer and I'm born one day before the darkest day of the year. I'm just saying that. <laughs> but I think that the sun goes on a new journey and we can shed things from our this journey. So it's a great time even... Even Earth is kind of with you on this. If you wanted to say, hey, what am I shedding? What am I letting go of? Maybe write it on a piece of paper. I'm letting go of fear. I'm letting go of shame. I'm letting go of judgment. Um, I'm forgiving this or that. I'm letting go of constructs 
of um, defense and stepping into my defenselessness, just things that you can move into. And in the new year, this is what I'm receiving. This is what I'm calling in. Uh, it's something that I do every year, actually. And honestly, it's never failed me. <laughs> I feel like I set that intention with God and, and God always delivers it. So this is my invitation to you as a New Year's message. I wanted to give it to you today. And I felt like it became today because again, tomorrow is December 21st. And I think it's that beginning of that new journey of the sun. Um, and maybe it be, can be the beginning of a new journey for you. One last quote that I love. I want to leave you with as a thought. This is another mantra that I often say to myself. By grace, I live. And by grace, I am released. By grace, I give. By grace, I will release. Maybe that can be part of what you're calling in. By grace, I live. By grace, I am released. By grace, I give. And by grace, I will release. Again, when we receive our own innocence, when we receive the gift of grace right, that's offered us, then we have the opportunity uh, to give that gift of grace to other people in their and our perceived shortcomings of them, right? And then we are able to release them. So I wish you all a happy holidays, whatever it is your tradition. I hope you enjoyed the imagery of my tradition and that the donkey will speak to you this year. Thanks for joining me.